In 2023, Time Magazine listed the Canadian city of Vancouver as one of the world's greatest places to travel to. The list cites the city's eclectic cuisine, along with its famous parks and trails. In the 1970s, Vancouver was also considered one of the best places in the world to travel to for a different reason. Draft dodging. Estimates have anywhere from 50,000 to 125,000 American citizens moving to Canada in opposition to the Vietnam War. Among those numbers were the members of American rock band Heart, who fled to Vancouver to ensure the safety of the male members of the band. So it came to be that Heart's first album, Dreamboat Annie, was first released by Canadian label Mushroom Records. While the men in the band were trying to avoid the spotlight of the draft, sisters Anne and Nancy Wilson were trying to prove that women could in fact play guitar and be rock and roll musicians. It was this desire to prove themselves that inspired Nancy to write and perform an acoustic instrumental piece that became the intro for their debut single. Quote, On the first album, I did an acoustic instrumental piece, Silver Wheels, which introduced our first single. I really wanted people to know right up front what I could do. It was the same thing as sitting in the bandwagon music store and playing Angie. It was like, check me out. I know some stuff, said Nancy. The acoustic guitar remains throughout the track, supporting a riff developed by guitarist Roger Fisher, and of course, the frenetic vocal performance of Ann Wilson. Ann's lyrics were inspired by the Vietnam War and social unrest in the U.S., as well as her relationship with Hart's manager, Michael Fisher. The track only made it to the top 35 on the Billboard Hot 100 and the top 25 in Canada. While the song was wildly popular throughout both nations, it didn't gain popularity everywhere all at once, perhaps due in part to Mushroom Records' promotional strategy that targeted areas where Hart was touring. So, the single would peak in popularity in different areas at different times. Internationally, the song did better, hitting number 2 in the Netherlands and number 13 in Belgium. These days, you'll hear this track playing on any rock radio station in any region in the world. And today, you'll hear us talk all about Hart's Vietnam War stress fuck jam. That's right, we're talking Hart's Crazy on You on Cover Me. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one is the evening breeze touching your skin. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by my wild man co-host... Alex Mildenberger! Yeah, Alex oh. Mildenberger. Oh, what's going on? Just wild and out, brother! Hell yeah, brother! Um, yeah, it's going wild. Um, no, things are good. Things are good. Uh, I voted this morning. Advanced, oh. advanced polls are open for uh, the provincial election. Very exciting. Nice. Good to see. Good so, to see uh, going out there and exercising your right. Civic, civic duty. Is it civic if it's provincial? Or is that um, just... Because uh, civic... Civic's like your city, right? Uh, yeah, when it comes to... Well, but does it also mean like... Okay, I put in civic and it's showing me Hondas. Let me try again. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> definition. All right, yeah, well, that's the answer to that question. Relating to a city or town, especially to me. Yeah, so you didn't do your civic duty, you did your provincial, provincial duty. Provincial duty? Uh, Sounds weird to say. Democratic. You're, yeah, um, your democratic. Responsibility? I don't know. You, fu- you fulfilled your your role as a citizen of I a cast democracy. A vote. I cast, cast a, vote. a vote. Yeah. Good job, Alex. Um, you're Albertan, so we all know you voted conservative. I mean, that's Alberta for you. <laughs> is, is there any other party? Uh, <laughs> no, hopefully hopefully there is, because I just saw a headline today. It was like, the conservatives in Alberta are wildly more right-wing than they were like pre-pandemic. I'm like, that's great. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of Wild Rose folks. I mean, it's it's blue and it's orange for the most part, unfortunately. 
Right, yeah. Which it's... is our, our uh, United looks Conservative like a, Party and our New Democratic Party. New Democratic Party looks like a freaking Hollywood movie out there. It's all hey, blue and orange. what is this? The filter, lens filter in Mexico? Lens filtered. Oh. We've done that Mexico bit before. Oh. I always think of the movie, what's the Jessica Alba like surf movie? Into the blue. Into the blue is that it? Yeah, something like that. Because I just remember the poster for that being that orange blue, and also it has blue in the title. Or or deep blue, true blue, deep blue, blue, true blue. Blew me down. I feel like blue is in the title. It's into the blue. No, into the blue. Yeah, it's very blue. Oh, I'm gonna put in Jessica Alba's surf movie. Do you think Silver Surfer comes up first? (laughs) No, Into the Blue, 2005. (laughs) All right. Anyway, yes, blue. Color blue, color orange. Color blue, color orange. Color, color me surprised this week, Alex, to find out that Hart recorded their first album in beautiful, sunny Vancouver. Yeah, I'd always heard of that. Supposedly, they were in Canada for a while, and they would play... Um, the story I've heard is they had, like, a a Led Zeppelin set they would play. Because they oh. were... The way I was introduced to them, anyway, was they're, like, the female Led Zeppelin. Or that's how they were marketed at first. Which is right. not true. I think they got their own stuff, but you can see the similarities. Uh, yeah, especially jumping, like this nineteen seventy five. Everyone's trying to be Led Zeppelin, right? Everyone's <laughs> trying to be Led Zeppelin. Yeah, and we just talked about Black Dog last week. So mm-hmm. as soon as I put this on, my like my first thought was like, what if Led Zeppelin but girls? Cool. <laughs> mm. And I think that is, you know, it's selling them short. I think Heart has a lot more. You know, they've got Heart. Oh, but it's they're like, like you thing. said, they're contemporaries. There's a lot of crossover. Yeah, especially now, it's like. You hear that, and it's like, oh, so they were a hard rock band in the 70s. Like, yeah, okay. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That checks out. Um, Alex, you a big Heart fan? Um, I haven't listened to them a ton lately, but I definitely, like... I mean, they were one of the early classic rock groups I got into back in when I was, like, 10, 11 years old. And I remember I had a friend who, like, didn't like them, but I was like, I don't get it. I think they're really cool. And they, you know, they play their stuff on the radio, and some of that is because it's considered Canadian content, right? Because it was recorded here, recorded in Canada, um, and that is a requirement for some like grant or funding from the government. For that's right, got to be what is it? It's not seventy percent. It's a certain percentage of, yeah. of Canadian content. Canadian there might be content. like tiers as well. I don't know. Yeah, it could um, be. but it we, was uh, pretty strict back in the day, though. I think they have like yeah, it might be tiered now, but back then it was pretty hard line. Yeah, I don't know how it works, but definitely, like, there's a lot, like, looking through heart songs and, like, Crazy On You, obviously, Magic Man, Dreamboat Annie, stuff like that, um, Barracuda, obviously. Barracuda, obviously. Stuff like all those songs. We had, yeah, so, they, we had a greatest hits, hits, I think, from, it was, like, from 1980, so nothing after that. But they do have some right. stuff after that that I. That would be really wild that. if you got a greatest hits that had future hits, just called shots. Yeah, like, wouldn't it? <laughs> this one's gonna be big. Have recorded you it yet? Get this. Wow. <laughs> um. Yeah, I really just know like the hits from Heart, and I I was never like a big fan, but like I didn't dislike them. Obviously, I mean, it's classic rock, baby. Yeah. But I think I was maybe as a child one of these people that they had to prove that women could rock to. Because I was like, I don't know, I was a little shitty. Kid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about these women. I don't know about this. Women can't women play guitar. Thing. I don't think so. Me, uh, a kid who also can't play guitar. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like it's me who can do it. <laughs> the okay. fuck do I know? Right. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if that was a 
if that was a factor. I'm, I'm sure at some point. I don't know. I, for me, I guess if they were on the classic rock radio station, that was really all it took. That was the mark of approval. You're like, well, yeah. it's on classic rock. So it's classic. It's classic. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. That's good. That's good. Alex, Mushroom Records. I wanted to fit this into the intro, but I couldn't. Also uh, had, you know, famous, famous recording band, Chilliwack. Ah, yes. Chilliwack. Other prominent, uh, <laughs> prominent Canadian content. Um, Doucette. Doucette. That's another oh, one. Who, who's what's Doucette do? He's got that mom, let that boy or play some rock and roll. Jazz is much too crazy. He can play it when he's old. He's oh, too young for the blues. Oh yeah, yeah mom, mama let him play. He's too just a baby. They've got a 2013 album. There's no way both of these albums are 2013. <laughs> they put these albums on Spotify in 2013. One of them is called "The Deuce Is Loose." Doucette. Yeah, do Well, I mean, maybe he got loose and released two albums, and without anyone checking him. Oh yeah, one of them is also called "Mama Let Him Play," which features the hit "Mama Let Him Play." So Mama naturally, I'm a little play. suspect of these release dates. Um, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, uh, Mushroom Records. Good, good song. We're out here making content. Uh, Heart, originally from Seattle. We've been there. We have uh, been to Seattle. Yeah. Beautiful city. Love the city. Um, here's a weird fact I found on Wikipedia. It's not weird because it makes sense, but it's weird that they thought they should mention it. And the way they mentioned it, they said that this song famously appears in the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie. A movie that came out three weeks ago, maybe? Yeah, maybe like that's a, a, that's a, that's a current movie. You, you, nothing famously happened in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It just hasn't been long enough. Yeah. Nothing can be famous yet. Um, interesting phrasing. Uh, obviously I disagree. Although I didn't know this was, uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, so. So, yeah. I'll have to watch that movie. That's something you know now? Not because um, of this, but. No, you gotta. It's the only <laughs> way you can hear crazy on you these days. Yeah, it's hard to find. It's tough out there. It's tough out there. It's tough for a guy trying to find crazy on you. Crazy on you. But we've managed to find the lyrics, Alex. We Hold have. Tight. What a ride. Pretty good lyrics here, I think. Yeah. I mean, the guy who sometimes evaluates lyrics, I like these ones. Yeah, you get into some some of that like fun poetry stuff, and it sounds very like 70s. Yeah. On account of being made right in the right smack right dab smack in the middle of the, the, middle 70s. Of the 70s. 1975. Um, Alex, it begins like this. It says, we may still have time, we might still get by. Every time I think about it, I want to cry. With bombs and the devil and the kids come keep coming. No way to breathe easy. No time to be young. Time to be young. Yeah, so what I didn't know about this song previously was apparently it's like kind of about Vietnam. Yes. Or at least that's the and, like, and general framing. social unrest. Yeah. Um, so the approach here seems to be like it's a bit of like the world is ending but it's uncertainty more than anything yeah and it's like well it might be fine but like it certainly certainly seems like it it's not fine you know yeah it's we might still have time we might still get by it's like it is uncertain there's a chance we can get through all of this okay but every time i think about all this shit i want to cry because it's quite stressful yeah a theme that I think is still very prevalent here. Absolutely. Like, that's a, that's a good line. You could say that yeah. like any time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, bombs and the devil and the kids keep coming. Real, real Jethro Tull concerns with the kids keep coming. The population. Keep coming. <laughs> um, well, I mean, maybe. Um, that was kind of what the genius annotation there suggested. It's suggested, like, yeah. It's, it's more about overpopulation, and maybe that's what they were thinking about, too. Um, but in terms of the Vietnam War, in terms of the kids keep coming and, like, no time to be young, that's kind of... When you talk about war, something that comes oh, yeah, up the, the people fighting the war are mm-hmm. children. Kids, right? yeah. Um, but, like, there's no time to be young. They have to grow up fast because they need to kill people for the state. Exactly. Um, yeah, also talked about in the the hit Iggy Pop song, Search and Destroy. Search and Destroy. Um, I mean, I always think of uh, Slaughterhouse Five, which is not a song, but a book. But a book. Um, you could sing it if you were committed. But... <laughs> you could sing it. It would take a while. <laughs> take a while. Um, and it might be weird because it's out of order. That's right. Uh, but yeah, with bombs and the devil, um, you know, evil stuff's out there, man. Yeah, the genius annotation suggested for the devil that apparently a lot of people were blaming that for, like, they'd commit crimes and be like, the devil made me do it. I don't know if that's necessarily what it's talking about. Maybe it's talking about the Dungeons and Dragons scare. <laughs> it's a little early. She's like, with bombs and kids playing Dungeons like and Dragons? Dungeons and Dragons in the 1980s? Um, although there were a lot of, like, moral panics like that. I don't know exactly what would have been contemporary in the mid-70s. Yeah. But the idea of, like, there are demons and, like, they're infecting our children. Could yeah, be here, I mean, I that, think that's something that comes up throughout history. On the right track with it being focused very specifically on the Vietnam War. The kids keep coming. Makes sense for the draft. The devil. I don't know. War's just fucking evil. It was, it was yeah. horrendous. We had invented napalm to, to fucking kill people en masse. Like, it was horrifying. Yeah, absolutely. And had been going. The war had been going on for almost twenty years at this point. It, it was a nineteen-year-long war. Nineteen seventy-five was close to the end of it for U.S. involvement. So you're you're looking at like seventeen, eighteen years, which is a long time to be warring, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I guess that was like right at the end of it too. Mm-hmm. No way to breathe easy. No time to be young. Yeah, there's no time. And I think no way to breathe easy. She's maybe still concerned about uh, Michael Fisher getting drafted, even if they are in Vancouver, right? Sure, that's a big part of their story. Mm-hmm. Um, and the unrest of the song is a big part of it. Yeah, not to mention you have civil protests in uh, America for not only the war, but civil rights movements. Um, it's, it's just a, it's a rough time to be alive there. They're beating up hippies, 1975. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things were falling apart, or it certainly seemed like it. Yeah. And they were probably at least a little bit right. Yeah, but I tell myself that I'm doing all right. There's nothing left to do tonight. Yeah, what are we going to do about all this? Yeah, it's uh, a real, like, compartmentalization where she's like, I tell myself that I'm doing fine, and there is nothing I can do today to, like, you know, assuage these stresses. I cannot stop the war. I cannot prevent... No, my partner from being drafted. So there's nothing. I've done everything I can today. There's nothing left to do tonight but the chorus. The chorus. Which is to go crazy on you. Crazy on you. Let me go crazy. Crazy on you. Oh. Oh. Let, let me fuck your brains out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I never really looked into the lyrics, but I always had a suspicion that it was, like, it sounds sexual, right? 
Yeah, like the it. line I can't crazy think of any, on you. Any other possible interpretation? Yeah, because the only other one would be violence. Let me go crazy on you, but it does that. Obviously, doesn't jive with anything else in this song. Yeah. Uh, and of course, following this is a lot of the verses are about love. Well, there's the bridge about, you know, the, the end of the world as well. But the next verse is about love. The verse three is about love. And so it's very clear. And then, of course, the next pre-chorus really breaks down that it's about fucking. Yeah, it really does, doesn't it? Yeah. As, as soon as you start to listen to that. It's- Passionate fucking. I think is if we're, if we're going to really break it down. Some might call it making love. You might. But- but it's definitely crazy. Crazy, wow! <laughs> that's, that's the voice she does when she's fucking. Yeah, I mean, they're... they're you like that? <laughs> uh, they're morning shock jocks, right? So. Yeah. Um, okay, first two. My love is the evening breeze touching your skin, the gentle sweet singing of leaves oh, in the wind, the whisper sweet. that calls after you in the night and kisses your kisses ear in the you. early light. Yeah. So we go from saying crazy onto you to what sounds like such tender love. Yeah, it softens up a lot, right? Mm-hmm. But there's kind of, I mean, usually, I mean, similar, you can have like a similar cadence in like actual sex, right? Yeah. Go from more intense and then lighten up and then, you know, whatever, up and down. Uh, tell me more about sex, Alex. Tell me I'm more. Notes. Yeah, well, I'm an expert. <laughs> Uh, How often should the tempo change? What's the right uh, measure? Four four? Or should I do a three sixteen? I mean, you know, most most people are very familiar with four four. Um, three four is a little more formal, uh, okay, and yep, then for yep. some reason, um, in Hungary, seven uh-huh. eighths. Seven eighths, really good. Okay, so you're yeah. saying like three four more for like a wedding night, kind of. <laughs> yeah, something that you want to dress up for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, that's good to know. Um, yeah, but you're right, you're right. Oh, sex is, uh, is a dynamic experience. And so is this song. Uh, this is, so is this song. My love is the evening breeze, touching your skin, the gentle sweet singing of leaves in the wind. Yeah, it, um, the whisper that calls after you in the nights. There's also this idea of, like, a, there's a little bit of, like, seduction in there, a little bit of that drive, a little bit of that craziness in the whisper that calls after you in the night. The whisper that calls? Yeah, but it is very tender. You know, mm-hmm. gentle, sweet singing, kisses your ear. Like, I wouldn't expect kissing an ear to be harsh in any way. Yeah. It's, it's all breezes and, and gentle whispers. and Yeah, so it's very different, you know? It, yeah. There's a lot of contrast between the chorus and the verse. Even the, like, there's a lot of use of time, and by which I mean she mentions the time of day three times here. My love is the evening breeze. Oh. The whisper is in the night, and then the kisses are in the early light. This mm-hmm. is very, like, kind of dreamy hours slash relaxed hours slash not, you know, the working hours. Right, right. It's, it's nighttime. It, it's nighttime. It's a time of of relaxation, of forgetting the world, kind of shutting off from the world, you know? Yeah, but I like, I mean, I mentioned it's very, like, poetic sounding, and this mm-hmm. is a lot of, like, soft love poetry, you know? Yes. But it's cool how, like you said, it moves through the night in, like, three lines or six lines or whatever. Yeah. One, two, three, four lines. <laughs> Get down. <laughs> um... Like, it moves through the night, and, like, you kind of get that motion, uh, but it, it just, it moves through very quickly. 
Yeah, which I, mean, I guess that maybe gives us a sense of this passionate lovemaking experience is that it is a, it's an evening to early morning affair. It's it's actually quite large in its scope. Yeah, I mean, if you're an amateur, me, I'm all day, but no. Yeah, I'm, I'm more more daytime. You know, you get in at seven thirty, you leave at three thirty. That's you know? right. I like, clock in, <laughs> clock out. Um, and I think yeah, that's the, that's so. I think that's verse two. I love this pre-chorus because it it speaks to. I don't. It's quite funny, actually. I think this pre-chorus, and you don't need to wonder. You're doing fine, and my love, the pleasure's mine. Yeah, it's very positive, you know? Yeah, but I think it also speaks to the amount of, like, physical labor she is putting in. The, the act of going crazy on her lover, he maybe is not doing a lot of work in this lovemaking. Oh, yeah, and so like, she's saying, like, you are doing fine. I love this. Like, I love what we are doing here. The pleasure is all mine to be to be going crazy on you. Yeah, a little bit of... A little bit of honesty and openness. Yeah. A little, little bit of sexual dominance there, too. A little, just a little bit. I mean, it's part of that rock and roll attitude, right? That's right. So, yeah, let me go crazy on you, crazy on you. Let me go crazy, crazy on you. Oh. Um, we take a break from the lovemaking to go back to the, the inner stresses. Uh, wild man's world is crying in pain. What are you going to do when everybody's insane? So afraid of one who's so afraid of you. What are you going to do? Ah, 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 ah. Ooh. What are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, that we go back to the war stuff, right? Well, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, it's more outward now. Looking at yeah. the world. And, and feeling, I mentioned crying in pain, like there's things around you. And this is something that comes up actually a fair amount, is the idea of like being in an isolated space while the world happens around you and feeling like you can't really affect anything. Yeah, it's a lot of she taught it's there's sort of an us and them mentality to this where like them is just the outside world because even from verse one it's like we might still get by. We might be okay. Um, there's this other shit that is happening outside the bombs, the devil, the kids keep coming. And then verse two, yeah, is very focused on the two of them. And then, yeah, you get, again, you look outwards. Wild man's world is crying in pain. There's also a a theme of nature, I think, running through this where the wild man is, I think, a call to like our natural state of being right. Cause in verse two, she talks a lot about natural experiences. My love is the evening breeze. It's the singing of the leaves. It's the whisper in the night. And then in yeah, that's verse, mostly breathy stuff. Like yeah, I suppose air. it is air, but it is there is a cool naturalness but, to but it. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Like, and then reinforced in the next verse where she's a tree and he's the stream, right? Yeah. So there is this idea of like the current world, you know, where everybody's insane is sort of detached from nature, whereas these two are maybe trying to insulate and you know sustain the natural state of being. They're the tree and the. The tree in the stream. In the stream. And, I mean, if we uh, look at this from a perspective of the classical elements, uh, I don't know if that's true, but there is wind, water, and then I think a tree can represent earth. Um, okay. And then the fire is maybe the war, but then the fire would be bad, so you don't really get, like, that balance thing. I don't know. Right. I feel but like, you... like there's still a bit of hippie stuff going in. It's 75, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And th- this groove is here as well. So, yeah, there is earth, wind, and fire for sure. <laughs> Yeah, little little groovy, <laughs> little groovy. Um, yeah, so afraid Where of one who's so afraid of you. Um, could both re- reference the Vietnam War and like just racist attitudes in general. Yeah, and like it's also Cold War times, right? Yeah. So it's like 
this this war caused by both sides being so afraid of the other uh, the other right because it is a cold war building up all this tension mm-hmm. and armaments and yeah and, and the question being what are you gonna do yeah what are you gonna do like you're powerless uh, you're just a tree and or a stream yeah so so many songs from this this like period of like the cold war are just like about going insane because the world might end at any moment and this yeah. this kind of fits in there hey it's coming back hey it's maybe back that's style, why baby. i'm liking modern rock and roll more i'm like hey, i know what i know this sub song subject matter you're like finally songs about how the world is ending and i feel helpless <laughs> i feel helpless that's exactly what i need <laughs> exactly what i need um so yeah we get the chorus after the bridge and then we get uh the next verse i was a willow last night in my dream i bent down over a clear running stream sang you the song that i heard up above and you kept me alive with your sweet flowing love that's cool because i mean you already mentioned we were representing these people as as a willow and a stream which are quite different things but both they need each other like she Mm -hmm. needs the water like the tree needs the water and so in this case the 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 willow seems to be bringing the stream the song but the song comes from the fact that the willow's up high and the stream can't get down there like i'm, I'm not 100 percent resolving right, this th- metaphor the you're right because the basic nature component is like trees need water yeah that makes sense what does the stream get from the tree, from the, tree the song like, nothing, okay i appreciate the song appreciate so the the artwork there, yeah, you know. there's this reach for something literally and figuratively higher. Through yeah, the powers so. of a of a tree and the stream, we get something beyond you know beyond the mundane. Which perhaps the artistry or a, in in day to day life artistry can can uh, grant us. Yes, and and it is kind of this like closed loop of like the stream provides sweet flowing love to the tree, which provides song to the stream which then provides more love it's it's like it's again this isolated insular closed loop a real like kind of cover me the song by bruce springsteen not this podcast (laughs) podcast. idea where it's like let's shut in and stay safe from the world at large it's Uh, pretty similar well like i said the topic keeps coming up it does keep coming up and then that's it for like yeah it's a lot of chorus stuff there's there's some instrumental parts but that's uh that's it for words yeah um yeah no great i think i think a great song about about passionate love making yeah escape from the world i'm realizing so i think okay sorry that thought fell apart in my mind and i i don't have a good sentence to get it across so i'm gonna hold on to it and maybe it'll come back later maybe it'll come back that's fair um crazy on you not only a song with lyrics, but with instruments as well. Yeah, pretty cool stuff. You mentioned uh, the intro already. Silver Wheels. Silver Wheels. Extended. Uh, I think I might even have a scene, a version that separates them. Okay, interesting. Um, let me see. I don't know. It's apparently, so Dreamboat Annie was released as the B-side to this, and then on the album Dreamboat Annie, it comes in front of, uh, of this song of Crazy on You, and apparently they, they, they connect together pretty well. So like the end of Dreamboat Annie kind of 
guides you into Silver Wheels than into uh, Crazy on You. Yeah, that makes sense. So there's uh, a there's a bit of looseness in there. There's a bit of a bit of blend, a bit of melding. Yeah, which is um, always cool. I mean, you're getting mm-hmm. a lot of that in. I feel like in the '70s, you know, you get you start in Sgt. Pepper and then move through this. I always like songs that or albums where they have songs that run into each other. I do love that. Except when in, you uh, like just pick out <laughs> singles later, and then you like, like hear like half of an intro. Yeah, or it cuts track. off right at the end. You're like, ah, now I gotta like, listen to the other song. Yeah, shit. Um, like Queen does it a lot in their earlier albums. Yeah, for sure they do. Um. Anyway, anyway, what happens? What happens? Yeah. So well, the intro. Like, Let's talk about this intro, because I have a quote about the making of. Okay. Um, This is, of course, Nancy Wilson again. She says, I remember I had a bad flu and was kind of delirious. The lyric was so great that it kind of lifted me up in my sickbed, the lyric being Anne's lyrics. Two days later, I was better, and we started to set it to music. We were listening to a lot of moody blues back then. There was a song called Question that had this fast, fiery guitar rhythm. That was our idea for the groove. Then Roger Fisher came up with this really cool riff over A minor to F, and that gave it some more beautiful momentum. So that's the structure of this introduction to then the main riff, of course. And I I listened to Question today by Moody Blues. Yeah, it's not my favorite Moody Blues song. I'll admit. No. But it do- I can see the inspiration is pretty clear there. It's a very driving like acoustic guitar rhythm, a lot of like strong attack on it that I think gets put into this song. Absolutely. They're playing pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. Which uh, yeah, yeah, like you said, it lends it some momentum. Um, some Some power power and i will say like the technical skills on on, i'm I'm not a great guitarist i can hit a couple chords but (laughs) the the playing of this like i think of like Lindsay buckingham when i hear some guitar like this i'm like this takes some finger work yeah i i mean the finger pick guitar like this is always really cool um i mean another jethro tall reference there's a lot of Mm -hmm. finger picking going on in that so yeah do like this style so really cool intro um with a lot of fast picking, um, and it's cool because it does the like kind of like slow down at the end and then plays up high, and then and gets teases into the, the uh, the riff. Of course, it plays a little bit of that, which would be you know part of the the end of the main riff. That and then yeah, it does its own like intro, and then it kicks off what is like the actual introduction to the song which is where it hits this driving rhythm that it's going to keep up and then that riff comes in i mean that riff it yeah. rocks, man. it's so good <laughs> um one of the well last week i talked about trying to recreate the black dog riff on bass right very difficult um this is one that i'm proud to say i've accidentally played on bass before <laughs> yeah it's pretty simple eh? <laughs> it's pretty simple but it, it fucking rocks <laughs> you know that's something i've been thinking about a bit lately is if I do recreate these simple riffs or, or attempt to recreate them, I can do it. I can mm-hmm. play it. But it always feels flat. Or it often feels flat. Mm. Because just so much of it is about how you play them. Yeah. You know? Like, what I was doing specifically was um, Sherry Darling. Sherry Darling, great song. The the like saxophone part at the beginning. I don't play the saxophone, but I was like, I could play it on the piano. On the keys, yeah. Um, but uh, 
just playing it, it doesn't have the same impact as like as that saxophone playing. Because really, it's just like a run up with a little bit of a few notes in, in here and there, additional mm-hmm. notes, and it's like pretty simple. But yeah, it's a it's a matter of so like easy to play. But then, like if you just play it, it's like this is nothing. But but you have to play it like in a specific way. So something I would yeah, kind of like thinking two about elements. Like, I think of that is like how you, like literally how you are hitting the notes. Yes, the like, articulation, you, the articulation, and then of course the the machinery on the other end. What is the actual tones and sounds of this instrument? Yeah, so there's a, a lot to keep track of, or at least like two to three things. Yeah, and so I like I like to think I'm pretty good at knowing my attack and knowing when I want to like hit a note hard. When it comes to actually like fucking with my amp and my like my actual sound equipment, I find I'm a little uh, stupid. Well, I mean that's why everyone has sound techs, right? Right. Yeah, and that, I feel like that's where I lose a lot of my oomph and a lot of my flavor and my qualities in that part of the process. Yeah, that's tough. But I sympathize with that. And yeah. Uh, so anyway, just something I I was thinking about. But I think that's why uh, songs like this, like hard rock and blues have, and, and punk rock have good, simple structures. And then like, it's very clear. It's like, you know, it's like reading a kid's book. You know what you're supposed to do. <laughs> like, it's very clear what notes to hit hard and like w- what kind of mood you're trying to get across. But let me tell you, they get the mood across here pretty damn well. Yeah. Yeah, they do. You get that riff coming in. Um very cool and but then you know they drop down into the into the verse which are that's right subdued like we said um you still kind of get the strumming but and then there's flute that's right which uh which is cool i mean yeah we keep talking i keep we, te- we te- keep, keep bringing keep up talking Jethro about Tull, flute Jethro Tull. is that that one in the back it's kind of it's very airy i yeah. mistook it for a synth but i guess like flute recorded in 1975 is about the same. Like it's yeah, because I think Anne Wilson plays the flute. I believe that. Um, one of them definitely does. Um, yeah. Well, you know, Nancy's on the guitar. I think Anne Wilson's got a. She's got to pick up. When you're the vocalist, uh, yeah. Hang on. Actually, I'm looking at the right here. Lead vocals, flute, backing vocals. Anne Wilson. There you go. Um. Yeah. Sick. Oh, there is also synth on this. There is, but I only heard it right at the end. Okay, I I didn't really hear it because I, what I thought was the synth was a flute. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> Maybe it's both. Um, but um, yeah, let's talk about these powerful vocals of Ann Wilson while we're in the verse yep, here. Yep, yep. Because because yeah, it does break down, but it's like, and she's only doing her kind of like airy spacey, and then there's still some time we can mm-hmm. do some stuff, and it's like, it's strong. It's it. You know that she's got some pipes back there that are gonna come in. She's holding back a bit. She's holding back, like, and that it's gonna just totally break out. It's similar to the love making discussed in the song itself. There is gentleness and tenderness there, but it's coming from a big engine of power here. It's this baby can really rip, you know. This baby being in this context, and Wilson, <laughs> and Wilson, uh, here represented by an engine of some sort. <laughs> an engine, yeah. Um, yeah, and it does. It does once we move into the pre-chorus. Um, yes. I like the transition. They're like... Cool other guitar riff. What a, it's, yeah, it's a perfect blend of that like power hits, like... Bam, 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 and then just that fucking noodling. It's just like, ooh, there's a little yeah. technicality here. Because, I mean, those like fast um, kind of picky passages come up a few times in this song, and I just 
suspect there was influence because like it started with the intro, right? Yes. So I feel like that part was probably written based on that, and it kind of brings that idea back up of like. Right. So cool. Connective tissue. Yeah. Because yeah. sometimes with songs like this, you will get the intro and then it is just forgotten. Yeah. It's like, and now it's the song. You're like, okay, well, they're two yeah. separate things. But this but kind yeah. of grew out of that, which is cool. That's cool. Yeah. You get to weave it um, back. Also, yeah. that was just speculation, but it sounds similar enough that I feel like it can. Yeah, I would believe it. It's also kind of like, like, like we've talked about Led Zeppelin and how these guys are like Led Zeppelin. There's a bit of that Led Zeppelin flair in there where you do just find these moments to to fill in your little noodles and fills yeah of yeah just like really good guitar playing really good guitar playing and hey it sounds great (laughs) and then she kicks in like the pre-chorus is is fucking killer oh yeah she sings so high on this i want to do it but it's it's gonna like peak this mic i'm gonna sound like shit (laughs) yeah i mean totally totally jumps up right yeah um and just it's like almost harder than she sings the chorus is the pre-chorus because she like goes up higher and then she kind of balances it out she's still got the power in the chorus obviously but it's not it's not hitting that high up energy she's it not does kind of feel like right? it's kind of the i mean i'm thinking of like the the um articulation curve that you mm-hmm. get with like a i'm messing around with my synthesizer because you know you get your attack which mm-hmm. peaks up to the top and then the next part decays down to some steady state. So okay. You first peak up, and then you and then you even out a bit, and then you drop off when you let go. So it's kind of like that, where where you right. really bump up the energy, and then you drop a bit before you get to the sustain area, and then you, you can drop off after that. Mm. Okay. That's, I see. I was thinking of it in terms of Zelda when I put rockets and fans <laughs> on a vehicle. <laughs> I mean, honestly, the curve I just described is very similar to a, a control system, which you would totally get in rockets. And I'm sure there's plenty of math that is similar to that running when you play Zelda. Okay. Sick. Called well, a there you- p- proportional integral derivative controller. PID. 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 Sick. So yeah, that's what goes on here. She <laughs> she levels out into the chorus, and then of course we got the the riff going, and the riff kind of is the at least part of it. The back half is the same or similar to the crazy crazy on you because then it does the they seem to connect very like it's almost it like flows the, together. It flows together very well. Connects like the two people in the song who are a tree and a stream. And tr- as we've discussed, as we've discussed, and then just goes just goes right back in. You want to b- talk about flowing right in, right back into verse two there. Yeah, um, there's a new guitar though. I didn't yep. I mention it. Some little stings. Yeah, it goes. It, it it started actually back in the pre-chorus. Does like, it kind of? It's like a backbeat strum and plays little licks. Um, which I think it might be the same guitar from the transition. You're right. 100%. It's the one doing that. It's the same tone. Yeah. So that's so yeah, it's here playing a little more. It's sticking around, yeah. Um, kind of like a mute strum and like plays again like a few notes because it's kind of they keep doing these picking these pick notes, um, and then it's still around to play that transition. So that's fun. Yeah. Um, there's a following pre-chorus and chorus which I didn't find much difference in. No, they're pretty similar. Once we've kind of set things up here, it's. 
Yeah, we keep it consistent until the bridge. Yes. Um, so the bridge, or so I counted, it's 16 bars, but there's kind of two sections. Mm-hmm. Um, so this part of the song, first part's like a, she sings, and then there's a guitar part. Um, and each right. of those is eight bars long. Okay. Does that mean anything? Not really. It means it's two middle eights jammed two together. Two middle eights together. It's a middle eight and then a middle eight to make one middle 16. That's Although right. a middle eight doesn't have to be eight bars. Also, it's only eight bars if you count the bar of silence leading in. Okay. Well, I'll count it. Which I do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which I did. Um, yeah. So you get a lot of, you get a nice bass. You can actually hear it during this, this bridge yeah, section. Yeah, this is where you can actually hear the bass. That's fun. It's pretty sick. We get the backing ooze on this. Yeah. I think it's ooh in the first part and ah uh, when it uh, leads back, back into the chorus. Yeah. I mean, this is very important stuff. This, this People are going to be asking if we don't get this right. They say, hey, why'd you fuck this up? Can your ooze and ahs mixed up? Yeah. There's ooze, there's ahs. They're not at the same time. It's split in half. But yeah, this and this hits out. right at the halfway point, and like you said, we kind of we the pre-chorus and chorus before this were pretty much the same as the first. This is like your palate cleanser to make you want more verse chorus when we get back into it. So you're like, okay, we've changed up a bit. This is exciting. Oh, new. Yeah. We get a big drum roll. And up. It is pretty exciting. Like the the lead in, it feels pre-chorusy because it does go right into a chorus. But like the lead, we mentioned the uh, mm-hmm. and then there is actually an ooh. But that's Anne in yeah. like the lead part singing, ooh, like, ooh. You get, yeah, you get the drums kicking in, really rolling up. It's, yes. uh, nice it's got some energy fill. behind nice it. Drum yeah. And then uh, we just go right into a chorus. Not to mention like her vocal performance in the, in the actual singing part, like the actual lyrics part is very like, it's got some energy to it. It's a little oh, different yeah. from the, the other pre-choruses and choruses and verses. So yeah, it's a strong bridge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Makes you excited to get back into the chorus. Yeah. And then, of course, we do chorus. We do the verse. Yeah, right uh, into neg- the verse. This is a fun verse. Yeah, it is. What's so fun about it, Alex? Uh, it, like, you, it, she can't even get through the verse. You know, she goes right. crazy early. The last line. Yeah, it overlaps. Starts. That's yeah. right. Um, so on that, you kept me alive with your sweet flowing love. She starts getting into the intensity of the chorus. There's no pre-chorus this time. That's right. So it's like all right in there, and it happens in that last line, and like that's oh, that's a cool move. So you're like, we are, we're it's just like so intense now. We're just like jumping right back in. Yes, there's no time. And for you just chorus. can't hold back anymore. Exactly. And then that chorus goes into another chorus, which goes into a guitar solo. Like it's yeah, yeah. Um, although that chorus is interesting as well because it, mm-hmm. like it, it's missing a lot of words. Mm-hmm. Um, not that there's that many words, but it feels more like there's just like words happening randomly, right? It, it as opposed to the crazier. other ones. Crazy, yeah. The earlier ones feel a little more structured, and this one's like I'm just kind of shouting crazy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this is like we've really gotten into it now. She's screaming crazy a lot. This is where you get the like vocal traps tracks kind of overlapping each other as well, right? Which is uh, always a cool thing. Another thing Queen did a lot, um, oh, yeah. where like one line is still ending as the other one starts up. Um, yeah, cool chorus. 
Yeah. And then um, the, the guitar solo is kind of solo, like yeah. two solos. Because we first get this like, like kind of more relaxed. And then it, it dives down into this next section here at like four. Yeah, it's like what? 345 and then four minutes, I think, is the time yeah. I have. About. Yeah, I think you're about right there. 345. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, I had them backwards. So it's the more like chill guitar in the second half. And the first yeah. half is your more like. First half, it's kind of over. Like the main riff keeps playing and then it's a. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're both rock. They're both very good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of gets into at the end playing that like fast high stuff. Right. Back the, into another chorus. And that the, synth, uh, uh, which, which kind of like rides us out of the song. Which is almost like another bridge. Yeah. Um, leading into that final chorus. But yeah, then it's just like chorus. Lots of chorusing. Lots of chorusing. And that's, that's what crazy the song's about. You. Going crazy on you. Um, yeah, what a banger. Yeah, okay. Then right at the end, mm-hmm. as everything fades out, listen carefully. Yeah. And you'll hear the synth. Yeah, that one. Yeah. I don't know when else it plays. But it Surely definitely not plays. just at the end. <laughs> it's the only time I hear it. No, it's the only time I can hear it, though. <laughs> um, Alex, there's no music video for this. No, yet. I watched a live version, which was cool, because um, I don't know. What's the guitar player's name? I forgot it. Uh, Roger so, Fisher. Roger Fisher. Man, he is crushing. He's. I mean, obviously... Nancy Wilson also crashing, but like, yeah, uh, watching him just like run around and shit. There's a cool like where he comes in with the riff. They've got mm-hmm. this spotlight on Nancy, and then he just like steps into it, and he's just there suddenly out of nowhere. It's very cool. Whoa, he's playing the guitar solo. Let's see, is that live 1978? Um, I think so. I don't know where it is, but it's definitely. There was one I looked at, and then there was like a link. Yeah, 1978. There was a link in the description to an HD version of the same thing. Okay. So if you want the HD version, it might be better ready. quality. I see that now. That's yeah. insane. So you get to see the whole intro, and you get to see Nancy play, and they've got like wind machines because all their hair is like blown in the wind. Yeah, I can see that. Um, and yeah, it's just a cool moment. And then he just like steps out of nowhere, and you're like, "Damn, where did that guy come from?" It's Roger. Hey, yeah. I'm kind of I'm moving a little bit forward so I can see that. Damn, she's got an extended intro on this. Yeah. She goes for a while. Um, I'm trying to find it. Okay, she's she's yeah. in the actual like, like opening. Is that like Whoa! 240? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I've been here the whole time. <laughs> Look at my chest. My shirt is so open. Fuck yeah, that rocks. <laughs> yeah. So really cool. Really cool. Really cool. Heart Live, really cool. Um, but if you can't see Heart Live, maybe you can see our first cover version. <laughs> the Lovemongers in the 1992. Love There's nothing left to do. Uh, which is um, yeah. part heart, well, kind of. Heart, it's heart. Anna Nancy Wilson, and then um, uh, Sue Enos, who is uh, who was a writing partner with, like she wrote songs yeah, with them, songs w- with for them. Heart, and then another guy named Frank Cox, who I couldn't find much information on. Yeah, no, I don't know much about him, but yes, yeah, so uh, this even is the a- Love Mongers, they're like part of the Heart Wikipedia page, like right, well, they're not their own. It's it's interesting because like Heart itself wasn't 
known as the like Anna Nancy Wilson machine until like a later formation of the band when they first right. formed it was kind of like other dudes yeah, show like, and then and then they kind of joined and now it's sort of their thing which i mean makes sense they were in many ways the face of the band yeah for a lot of years and so that's yeah so the love mark i mean look at the album artwork for dreamboat annie it's yeah them, it's that right? i think and i think by that time which is 1970 so like 73 is when heart like officially forms in seattle right. And then I think over that time span, you know, however the band shifted, it became kind of the the Ann and Nancy project. And uh, then here yeah. you are. So yeah, Love Monger is also an Ann and Nancy project. Yeah, it's a it's a side project theoretically, and it's like a, also theoretically an acoustic side project. Hmm. Um. This is a, a we mentioned it was live, right? It's live. Yes. Um. This one is like kind of weird because it's like quite simplified. Yes. Um, and I just I feel like I'm a little surprised because f- to me your acoustic side project is not where you simplify things. It's where you start to do all the like crazy. Yeah, it's where you do like really weird stuff. shit. Um, but that's not. I mean, this is it's unusual. It's definitely different. Uh, they've kind of. Split it into three sections, mm-hmm. um, but the middle section, which is the kind of guitar part, is mostly just like block strumming. On, yeah, I think a twelve string. It's very bright. It's like very clear that well, because it was live, right? So this feels kind of just like a bonus track. <laughs> it kind of does, yeah. It's and she even says at the beginning she's like, "All right, it's almost time," and then she's like, "No, nah, it's not time for anything. Let's keep rocking." Yeah. It's like we're gonna leave, psych. Like psych, and so you get yeah, big like churchy space like synth. Yeah, I mean this just, is the '90s now, so this is yeah, much big later. ambient sustains with her just fucking letting her vocals rip. It's oh yeah, there's a lot of like power in these vocals that even in the original you don't really get. Yeah. Um, but I think also, like, I mean, obviously her voice developed, and that's their first album. Like, listen to Bruce Springsteen's first album. He sounds very different. He sounds very different, like, that's for it sure. It just develops over time, your voice. That's yeah, she's been she's been working for, yeah, like, 20 absolutely. years at this point, so... So she's, yeah, so she's really singing. Way to go, Yeah. Man. Yeah, she's chewing it up. Like, it's this is such a slam dunk of a cover, because she, <laughs> yeah. like, she doesn't have to do much for it to be good, right? Like you said, it's weird for this not to be complex, but it, in some ways, it's like, well, what if we just took everything out of Crazy on You except the vocals and just yeah. let those have a run of the show? It's very much the vocal thing, because um, there's not much else going on, because they do that synth and then mm-hmm. start the like strumming, but it's very like simple. It's not even really doing the riff. Yeah, it's just like a victory lap. It's like, here's some guitar just to let you know things are more exciting. It's just like, boom, it's just hard hits. And you're like, yes, this is good. (laughs) Um, I was wondering, I feel like the timeline doesn't quite check out, but I was like, is this grunge influence in any way? Like, are Mm. they like simplifying because it's the early 90s? It's not like this is pre, never mind. But they're also from Seattle. So, like, did they have their finger on that pulse? I don't know. I don't know. They were much I, more of, like, a glam metal group in the 80s, right? Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just speculating. It would did be that, very interesting. Did they, were they like, we gotta idea. simplify because that's the direction rock and roll is going? Because it would have been. Mm-hmm. 
But this is not like a, a grunge simplification, no. which I think focuses uh, in on a little more ugliness. It's more of like a throwback simplification. I guess so. But I mean, grunge, is, it's like the... Th- which, grunge, yeah, grunge is, is throwback also a throwback. Too, in so it's, like, it's like the throwback without... It's like part of it, but not all of it. So, right. So this yeah. is like as grunge as Anne and Nancy can get without actually hitting the grunge tone. Yeah. Because, yeah, it definitely doesn't sound grungy. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not like she's still singing big, right? Yeah, huge. Um, so I don't know, just something I was thinking about. But yeah, I mean, like you said, it's a vocal victory lap more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. it definitely would be cool to see. Yeah, it w- it would just be fucking blast. <laughs> um, yeah. In terms of other moments, it's like, pretty simple. I didn't pick up on simple. much like specific. It's really those like they do the synth, they do the guitar, and they go back to the synth. Yeah, kind of it. We speed up the strumming for the the as and o's in the bridge, and then we slow it right back down to that that ambient synth for the following chorus. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Crab just loud. it's yeah, <laughs> it's a fun time. Um, not much else to say, so we should talk about Wednesday's Child in two thousand seven. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I found this group. Because there's a group called Wednesday's Child, but I think it is not these guys, but it might be. So they're not the five-piece band from London? I, I don't know why, but I'm not convinced it's the same. But it I mean, might be. You, you could tell me that, and I would believe you, because... I've lost... I had links, but I've lost them. <laughs> hmm. um, but I couldn't find anyone else, so it might be. Me, I'm more of a Thursday's child guy. <laughs> you are. You have far to go. I do have far to go. Yes, that's right. Another reference to the Monday's Child poem. That's uh, right, the baby. The Wednesday's Child is, of course, full of woe. This comes up. It's come up a few times. Obviously, there's David Bowie's song called Thursday's Child. Something else was called Thursday's Child. This is a Wednesday's Child. Yeah. Basically, depending on how you feel. Um, mm-hmm. You pick a day and call yourself a whatever day's child based on this right. poem. And then, or Wednesday's uh, child is full of woe. Yeah. That's did you already say that? <laughs> I did. Oh, okay. Was... They're full of. I think I, I just said they're full of woe. Full of woe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so that's the, the line of the poem. Um, yeah. There you go. It's a reference yeah, so to that. That's what they're referenced to, and the, so they For are some like. Reason I didn't think the London Five piece was around in 2007. Was I think, but I did, couldn't confirm that. Okay, I thought they looked kind of like little spooky guys, didn't they? And this is kind of little spooky guy music. It's very possible, but like hard spooky guy music. Yes. Tell me a about little that. electronica, you know, a little boom, boom, Yeah, because like if I go to their Facebook page, these fucking goons look like they'd play this music. <laughs> yeah, I, they do, they do, but they look young. Well, listen to the lead vocals on this. She sounds like baby. She does sound like baby. In fact, she kind of sounds to me a little Gwen Stefani. Okay, yeah, a little bit. Uh, I can hear just that. Just because it's kind of got that like higher, like a bit nasally, uh, yeah, affect that I think doesn't lend itself too well to the to the real punching moments. I find her voice grates a little bit in the chorus for sure. 
A little bit, yeah. I mean, I, I've known people who kind of talk like that. Yeah. And it can be a bit much at times. You've cut them off from your For life. me. I mean, oh. not on purpose, but yeah, I don't, I don't talk to them anymore. <laughs> I don't talk to them anymore. Fair enough. <laughs> um, no, it's honestly just a person I like, used to work with. So oh, okay. That's why I don't talk to them anymore, because I don't have that job anymore. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I don't, didn't keep in touch. Um... What else goes on here? Yeah, it's it's very like it's a lot of like distorted stuff. There's distorted guitars, uh, yeah. like heavy synths. Yeah, um, but they like do like they have the the riff line. at all yep. the times. Um, like a, oh, they got this like synth bass that plays this like like an interval jump. Yeah, like it's just wow, like, wow, 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 that yeah. So it's very much more like centered around the beat so it really feels like more i mean obviously it happens with a lot of electronic versions but you know it's yeah. more of a dance version yeah and like yeah the drums are definitely taking a more prominent role and they're focusing on sort of big heavy hits crazy yeah but like i mean you alluded to this but uh, some of the harder hitting moments don't hit as hard um in the vocal category. Yeah, in the vocal category, for um, sure. Vocal, whatever. Um, and what they do is they just, like, multi-track the voice a lot to mm-hmm. add power, which works somewhat, but not as much yeah. as, like, a real, like, heavy scream, you know? Yeah, and that's the trouble with the, even, like, the instrumental composition. There's It's kind of too even. So, like, when we hit the bigger moments, it's... <laughs> Like it doesn't. It's not like the instruments are punching harder. Yeah. Yeah. No. It. It. it I mean, it's got that a little more like digital feeling to it, right? Yeah. And it's you can have a hard hitting. Yeah. It's that articulation we were talking about because you can hit hard with digital instruments. Yeah. You just got to put in the time to make it hit harder. It right. <laughs> yeah. It just feels a little more, a little more flat in that way. No, I. I, I agree. Um, and the other thing, I, I mean, I. F- <laughs> I think it's mostly focused on kind of the the sound change and the the rhythm change because mm-hmm. structurally it's really the same. Like even yeah. the later solos are copies. Yep. Um and other than that, you know, they take out all that like more delicate guitar playing and some of the the faster passages and stuff like that. Um, yeah. that wouldn't serve this type of song as much. Um, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's all it's simplified. all very very similar. In terms of structure, yeah, and yeah, just yeah, I don't, I'm not sure it offers all that much. Yeah, not much for me, certainly. It might be okay to dance to in a club, but I've been to like two clubs. I think so it'd be weird be if they played this at a club, uh, <laughs> given, given the clubs I've been to. In 2007. Uh, okay, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I wasn't allowed in clubs in 2007. I don't know what the fuck yeah, you were doing. Yeah, they didn't let me in. I just assume it was a wonderland. <laughs> Back when clubs were good, man. Clubs clubs were good. Uh, they sang about them in songs we listened to in, in high school. That's right. They sounded great. Anyway. Anyway. That's all, um, all I've got to say about that version. Yeah, let's move it right along to Blitz and Trapper in 2007. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, we, we won't be talking about this for too long. I, so, I'm not convinced this is the full version, but I'm not. also not convinced they're not fucking with us. Did you find a full version? I couldn't find, like, anywhere accessible. This is another... We were just talking about how Spotify doesn't like us to listen to some music. Yeah. Or some episodes of Cover Me, for that matter. Um, but there's a three-minute version of this that exists. Okay. And God, I am I am wanting it so bad. Yeah, because this is pretty cool, right? This fucking rocked. Um, but so this one video yeah. is weird because Very it's just bizarre. some kid dancing who looks like my cousin. Not now, but what my cousin would have looked like, not even in 2008, but probably like five, six years before that. And it kind of looks like the kitchen of the house that my aunt and uncle and my cousins used to live in. Like, and it looks so like weird. about like circa 2001, 2002, judging yeah, by that computer. Absolutely. And that's like about the right time, maybe more like 05. But like, it looks like my cousin. It kind of looks like the kitchen he would have lived in at that time. It's not him. It's just weird. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. Weird. This, it's very weird. The, the so, video description yeah. is Jigglypuff gets jiggy with it. It's, sorry, Alex. That's Jigglypuff gets jiggy wit. Sorry, you're it. right. Wit it. <laughs> the name of the channel is Crazy on Jew. Like what? I yeah. There's a lot of strangeness here. It's very like, strange. Why did they only upload one minute and ten seconds? Why this is this version? the only version of the song available? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck has happened here? So Blitz and Trapper is an experimental country folk rock band from Portland, Oregon, formed in 2000. Um, which tells you a little bit. So this is really crunchy, yep. lo-fi yep. Um, version with the most, like, Yamaha demo-ass drums that come in. <laughs> <laughs> um, with those, like, cymbals. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you get... And then it gets... It's kind of, like, goofy. With the drums mm-hmm. like, but it's like, and like with that with like this really fuzzy guitar, like it's it's kind of strange. You've got all this kind of weird stuff happening, but you know it's kind of cool. Uh, it's a little even like chip tuny with some of the synthesizers. Yeah, not to mention the distortion on these guitars is so high that it is like yeah. almost radio fuzz crunch. Like it's it's a different kind of electronic from what we were talking about with the uh, with the Wednesday's Child. Absolutely. Um, there's like a density to it. Um, so yeah, this version is cool, but it's also like the first minute and nine seconds, and then it just and Yeah. And you got your kind of like indie rock vocals through a filter. Yes, absolutely. Through yeah. the like AM mic and like filters and stuff. He says crazy instead yeah, of holding crazy. Easy on you. Yeah. <laughs> It's I am left wanting more. Absolutely. That's where that's where I'm sitting as well. Um and it's too bad because it seems like it would be a pretty cool version. Yeah, cuz yeah, you're right. It it touches on chip tunes, it touches on lo-fi rock. It touches on a bit of like like indie rocks. Yeah, they're like mining my brain there. specifically. Like what what's that Alex guy into? Yeah, they they pulled this one from your subconscious and yeah. just and It's just a memory, a memory that I suppress of my cousin dancing. Yeah. That I saw, and I'm like, why? Don't need that. Yeah. Dish that, but it's still down there. And it, and it end, like, this version ends so abruptly. This, uh, I mean, this version, like, this clip. Yeah. It ends, like, halfway through verse two. <laughs> uh, if y'all know <laughs> about the full version of Blitz and Trapper's cover of Crazy on You, if you, if you have access to it, hit us up. 
at Jake the Cressy at some Alex Wise Guy. Hashtag Government Pod. Alex, we're going to move into 2009 to talk about the Decemberists. We are. Um, what do you know about the Decemberists? Not much. I know they're from yeah. Portland. I, I I know the band name, but I've never listened to them. Yeah, I know the band name. I, I really feel don't like I've know heard much them, about them. Like people dunk on them, but I forget what the context was. Like someone says something like, "What is this a Decemberist song?" And I'm like, "I don't get that." Maybe because there's like a a lot of them. Maybe one of those. A lot they of guys. Sing, they sometimes have like nautical theme. Okay, I believe that. They kind of they seem to be somewhere between Mumford and Sons and like Frank Turner. Fair enough. I feel like. It's probably reasonable. Like I could probably get into it. Yeah, reasonably. I um, and that that's what I'll say about this version is like it's solid. <laughs> There's not a whole lot of like whoa, but like they are very technically sound. They got yeah. two singers. It's also, I mean, it's a live version, I believe, because these two. Well, it, it might be like a. I think it's a. Sorry, I'm tripping over my words. Um. I think it's a fuck. encore. An encore. Oh, okay. So I think it would be a really cool encore style mm-hmm. performance. Cool thing to see. Um, although it took me a while to figure out who the singers were because I was looking up the band and they're not right. listed mm-hmm. they're in the description though. Um, okay. They're Sharon Nova and Becky Stark. Okay. Uh, Sharonova's from a band called My Brightest Diamond, and Becky Stark is from a band called Lavender Diamond. You may notice both diamond-related. Don't know if that means anything. Yeah, that's weird. That's a weird um, thing. So that's the two singers. Who sing? And I'll tell you this. When oh, those singers aren't singing, they're doing their best to dance around the stage. They are doing some dancing. Um... Yeah, to quickly jump back to, to the start of this piece, though, they do yeah. open with Silver Wheels. They do. They do. Yeah. So he that does the, that sounded like a question, bit. but I, yeah, you do. They do. Meant to be they do. <laughs> yes. Um, which I thought was cool. Um, and I also like the tone on the guitar they have doing the uh, the, the riff? main riff. I think it's a good tone. Yeah, that guy comes in with his like Gibson SG and is just kind of bobbing his head playing the yeah <laughs> playing the crazy on you riff. Uh, you can't see his chest though, so that's a that's yeah one point off. Um, but it, Still it, pretty is, good. it is a pretty close cover, but I think um, Shara, 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 and and Becky do a pretty stand-up job singing it. Um, Becky is not quite, at least at first, not quite as, like, fitting, I think, uh, for some of the more intense rock and roll stuff, but she really gets into it uh, quickly. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then they both do a cool, uh, a cool duet version. The other cool thing about the duet thing mm-hmm. is particularly later on, because, I mean, the way they structure the duet is kind of like they trade off. It'll be like one does a verse pre-chorus chorus, the other one does a verse pre-chorus chorus, and then yeah. they start trading off more frequently yeah. until the later parts where they actually start to kind of sing together and harmonize. Um, so what it lets them do is in the original, there's parts where the vocal tracks start to overlap each other and they can actually recreate that live because there's two of them. 
Right. So that's cool. That is cool. I guess maybe that, because part of me was like, I wish they'd start singing together earlier. But I guess if you're trying to, to save that overlap trick, then yeah, that's something you hold on to till closer to the end. Yeah. So I thought that was neat. And I mean, I think this would be this would be really cool to see live. Oh, yeah. Um, um, and there's a good they got an organ playing some kind of organ synth. That also sounds do. real good. Adds a little that's little uh, depth to the sound. Jenny Conley playing the uh, organ there. Yeah, boy. Because I was looking, I was like, "What? where are there, like, female singers? I couldn't find these. And I was like, she doesn't sing, though. She's in the band. Is, that, is she there? No. She's playing mm. the organ. She's playing the organ. I, I did too much research. <laughs> yeah, you clearly did. I was just like, yeah, there's a band. I was like, I gotta figure out who these people are. Because I was, I don't know why. I was like, I better check out who these members are, you know, just so I could, I don't know, mention them. Yeah, I wouldn't be I surprised. And they weren't listed in the in yeah. the members. And then they weren't listed in the past touring members either. So I was looking through the comments, and someone mentioned their first names <laughs> only, um, and then I found them. They're in the Wikipedia page, but they're like buried in the description of the tour, Hazards okay. of Love, so that it mentions them, but it doesn't actually show them, have them listed under former or current touring musicians, Huh? which is weird. Well, there you go, the Decemberists, everybody. But uh, yeah. picture this. But that's not this... the only strange connection we have with a singer. Uh, not we have, but there is with a singer. But we'll get to that soon. Is that, is that coming up here? Picture me it's broken 2011? Picture me broken 2011. They still exist allegedly, but they're on hiatus. They've been on hiatus since 2014. (laughs) Yeah, so it's been a while. Um, Yeah, they're a band. Um, They're from California. And I also looked up these guys because I was like, oh, cool, Layla Brooklyn Allman. I only know one other place where the name Allman comes from. And guess what? What? She's Greg Allman's daughter. (laughs) No fucking way. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, I, I found her, like... Um, Instagram. Apparently, she has a decent relationship with Cher, who was married to Greg Allman like decades before she was born. Okay. So that's that's interesting. That's very funny to be like, "Hey, uh, Dad, I'm gonna go talk with your ex-wife." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, but if his ex-wife is Cher, Cher, like, yeah, fair enough, right? Do do Greg Allman and Cher have a good relationship, or is? <laughs> Has she I circumvented them? No, to... he passed away a few years back. I oh, don't okay. know how they were, because they, they divorced in like the seventies. Yeah, maybe the eighties. Well, because like, Greg Allman was ago. born a rambling man. He was. Yeah, he's got to ramble on, and like exactly. even uh, Layla Brooklyn Allman, the lead singer of this band, was just like some other, like her mother's some other woman he had a relationship with not even on the list of marriages on his wikipedia page because they were never married wow greg allman tr- truly just getting around rambling <laughs> man he's any, anytime he's like when it's time for leaving hope you understand i was born a rambling born man, a rambling man. He's no, like, built I, into his you music. told me you told me this ahead of time it was all there yeah <laughs> um so that's another connection I found here, and I thought that was kind of neat, but it never comes up 
Um, yeah, she doesn't sing about it in the song. It's very strange. Like anything I read about the band, which there's not much, but okay. it doesn't mention it on their Wikipedia page. Which I thought was right. Yeah, that was the or, one that, that came up. If you like, look up the band. Does it mention it? I don't know because they're on. They're on, brother. <laughs> they're on uh, Spotify, but this song isn't. Yeah, which is probably the most unfortunate thing because this YouTube version is like super compressed. Yeah, it's rough. It they is don't even rough. Have a description on Spotify. Um, but it's another one. I'm like, okay, sounds like fair enough. Similar to the uh, Blitz and Trapper, I, I feel like I can give it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, in in a lot of cases, because I feel like there's some solid stuff here. It's very. I mean, excuse me. It's 2011. It's very much in the like emo rock vein. Yeah, like emo metal slash hard emo rock, metal pop punk, all that stuff. Hard um, rock, death, um, death. I mean, even looking at the picture, which is the the image on this video, uh, you know, they've got the spiky hair that's swooshed over. Yeah, they look like My Chemical Romance is taking a picture with some woman. Like it's <laughs> yeah. Um, and. I mean, almost like it's kind of a shame they they stopped in 2014 because I feel like they could come back now because now's the time for it. Yeah, it's it's the time for the revival. Uh, for that that's well, they're just on music. hiatus, Alex. So it could <laughs> right, be they're just on hiatus. Any day now. Um, what else is going on here? Uh, there's some good stuff. I like their intro riff. It's kind of based off of, but not the same as the original. Yeah, they sort of stretch it out. It's very like metally sounding with the guitar tone. Um, yes, and uh, I say. It's based off of like the in that silver wheels. Yes. Which is cool. And um, then, yeah, from that brief intro we hit some like Final Fantasy harpsichord. Yeah, you get that that arpeggio thing going on. You really get that like epic metal feel. Yes. Um as it as it gets into it. So there's a lot of intensity here. For sure. Yeah, and I mean a lot maybe of it's just the compression talking, but it really feels it. like it's got that epicness. Yeah, and well, because even after that, you hit this fucking like gallop on the rhythm, which is similar to the original, but kind of like like punched a little more to be like like literally like somebody's riding a horse. Yeah, and then they fire into the riff. Yeah, and they got that steely ass bass too. Like you can really feel the texture of those strings. They do. They do. Um, what else do they do? They kind of all their verses are different, mm-hmm. which I've. Heard leveled as a possible criticism of like hardcore, post hardcore type mu- music. Right. Of like, it can be very like, let's do a bunch of things. Does it make sense to do a bunch of things? I don't know, but we're doing a bunch of different things, you know? Right. So it's <laughs> like prog, like. but like a little too prog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a little too prog. Um, <laughs> it's prog. Yeah, a little too prog. A little too prog. Uh, <laughs> Are you referencing Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze? Uh, I think I am. Hell yes. Uh, <laughs> Um, so, first verse, mostly drums and bass, um, yeah, a lot of bass, and then you kind of get double kicks. Second, Mm -hmm. you actually get the guitar strumming, uh, and picking, the bass and drums let off a bit, not as intense as before, uh, a little more spaced out, uh, but still, you know, you can hear it. Uh, third verse, mostly synth, like synth arpeggios, and like a chugging guitar comes in. So that's my descriptions of the three verses. Um, yeah, I think great descriptions. Um, let's talk about the vocals. 
Biggest yeah. issue with them, the compression. I think she's actually singing this very well, but the, yeah, she does a good job. I mean, the compression of this YouTube video is not doing her any favors. Cher referred to her as her stepdaughter, which I didn't think it worked that way. But honestly, I'm not gonna argue with Cher. Yeah, you we, <laughs> take it up with Cher, buddy. Uh, like I've now changed what I think about what makes someone a stepchild. So yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Maybe, do you think she trained with Cher, like, as as a vocalist? Cher's, so Cher's like, she's my stepdaughter now. I, I don't know. It's like when... I when, don't think uh, Cher's, like, the best technical vocalist. So sure, I don't know. She's gotta fucking know be... something. She probably taught her how to drink honey tea or some shit. <laughs> drink honey tea? Is that a Cher thing? It's just like a vocalist trick. <laughs> oh, I guess so, yeah. She's just sharing her life. with. Hey. You got it, Alex. Um. Yeah. No, I I agree. She does a really good job. Um. Again, it might be the compression talking, but it sounds pretty good to me. Um, yeah. Very tense. She really gets the the big moment, big moments, and makes them big. Yeah, like the Willow verse with the sweet flow and love. She gets that really well. And that's. I actually think the dynamic changes in verses is a is a plus here, because I think it helps punch the different sort of ideas that come up in each verse. <laughs> Because, like, the willow okay. verse is supposed to be quite sweet, right? And it's like, oh, I had this beautiful dream, and there was, I was a willow, you were the tree. And it's all, and we get that final fantasy harpsichord back, and it's trying. It's like, dun, dun, And then we fucking kick it up with the sweet flow and love, and it's like, back to the chorus. So it's, I think there's good, like, there's good travel. We go on a good journey with that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, the original song already had some back and forth, so changing the tempo up makes sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Or, like, changing changing it up um and to support your thing like the first verse being very like violent and war like the topic is war and that's the one where it's like a lot of drums and bass and low end and like you get that double kick and stuff yeah so it's, it, it's it really gritty it yeah so it's like a th- and you know this type of music has like connections to theater right where you're kind of doing these tricks to play yeah. the emotional arc of the story so i think that makes sense to have the verses shift instrumentally to support what whatever the emotional core of that verse is. Um, hang on a second, I think I have to close my window. Are you hearing that? Um no I'm not, but close it anyway. There's a party next door. I'll just be I'll just be one second. These these fucking guys. Nothing better to do on a Saturday afternoon. Kids and their parties. Kids and their fucking parties. Uh, okay. But yeah, so yeah. I like the verse structure. I think that works. Um, cool version. I, I, Too I like bad this version. This, this YouTube is such low quality. I, we we really video. got burned by Spotify this week for for getting. I think with some of the better tracks this yeah. week. Yeah, and I'm like a little worried. I'm like, what if it's just like covering up enough of it that the rest of it looks good? But honestly, this one sounds solid. This one sounds solid. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, we fade out on a big shredding solo. And she also does some genuine growling near the end there, too, which I thought was... I wasn't expecting. Trying to find it. I, yeah, sorry, I should have time-stamped it. I'm really bad at time-stamps these days. Oh, yeah, I found it. Yeah, around, like, 3.30. 3.25, 3.30, yep. Yeah. Yeah, she's screaming. So, yeah. way to go. We get a classic, classic like shred and solo, and then we're out. It's yeah, tons of fun on this version. But we got to talk about versions that are available on Spotify, Alex, such as Diamante in 2018. 
Yes. That is a name that demands that kind of pronunciation, right? Like you're talking about some kind of evil monster. It's an orange filter kind of name for sure. all caps. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, American singer-songwriter, though. She does hard rock and alt rock. She's from California. California. (laughs) California. Yeah. California. It is... She actually... I looked at some of her other covers she's done. She's done a ton of songs we talked about recently. Okay. And I was like, have we talked about her before? But I couldn't find her. Okay, see, she's done Iris. She's done... What else we got here? Mm. Iris is definitely one of them. She's done a couple of recent ones and then some other older ones. All right, running up that hill she just did this year. Yeah. Uh, who hasn't? Yeah, who hasn't covered that? Come on, Diamante. In the last year. So what's going on with Diamante's version here? She yeah, talks about so, playing the song on a radio. Yeah, the description of this one is it's like hard rock but this like modern, very compressed version of sort of poppy hard rock. Yeah. Um, it actually reminds me of the Demi Lovato album from last year, sound-wise. Okay. So I don't I know no how far ahead of its that. time this was in 2018, but um, that's, what it, that's what it made me think of. She was at least four years ahead of Demi Lovato. Yeah, for what it's worth. Yeah, it has a bit of like... It's a different vein of like emo music. Almost relates to like Linkin Park when you hit the the verse and we get those like big piano notes that boom, boom. Oh yeah, a little bit of the um, what's the style of music called? Uh, oh new metal. New metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bit of <laughs> bit of new metal in there too. Yes. No, you're right. That is definitely. I didn't think of that, but you're right. Um, with the, cause there's kind of that synth going on, but it's also like really distorted guitars and everything is just like cranked. Mm-hmm. Um, everything's very polished too. Polished sounding. Maybe just compressed. Yeah. Polished, compressed. There's a big focus on the, like the crunchy lower end there. We're getting a bit of chug. Dun, 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 Get that like really high scream on. That makes sense. Yeah, it does. They're like, uh. So it is like a more pop version of what we almost just talked about with uh, with Picture Me Broken. I think I think that's safe to say. Um, because yeah, you mentioned Demi it? Lovato. I didn't listen to that album. Um, I listened to it but, a little bit. But if you, like vocally, Demi Lovato is a, a pop singer. So yeah, and I I'm I'm reading these vocals as pop. I mostly listened to it because I was like, is this a Beatles song cover? And there was like, no, she just has a song called Come Together. And she means it in the sexy way. Okay, was it C-U-M? No, that's not how it's spelled. Okay. But That it was means. how it was felt. Yeah, that was the, that was the, the okay, context. Okay, I gotcha. Um, what else is going on in this one, Alex? Okay, uh, what else is going on in this one? Um, big vocals, distorted guitars, lots of riffs, uh, got some of that chugging and stuff in there, it's a very loud version. She says, like, nothing left to do with night, or with me, uh, timestamp, 47 seconds. Okay, let me see. When night... I'm doing that, alright. But yeah, either with night or with me. Either way, it's not like... It's not a good choice. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't like make a lot of I think she's plussed sense. up the song with that. So, I don't know what that's all about, but uh, strange pronunciation on 
several words, mm-hmm. interesting choices. Um, yeah, that's what I. That's my takeaway from the song. Yeah, vocally she hits the notes like she's got pretty solid range. She's hitting the higher notes. She doesn't sound like uh, Wednesday's Child on this. Uh, she's perhaps Sunday's Child. Who she's is not full of woe. Who who is bright and gay or whatever they say about Sunday's Child. Gallant and there is bounces with a gate and child born on the Sabbath day is Bonnie and Blythe. That's good what and it gay. Is. Good and gay. So yeah, she's got a bit of those Sunday child vocals, is what I'm saying here. It was a great joke. We all agree. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I left. Yeah. Uh, kind of. Uh, once once he set this one up, though, it just kind of it does its thing. Stays there. Yeah. Yeah. Part of that. I mean. Yeah, it's a little even. It's very loud throughout, so there's not really anywhere to go. Yeah, I'll say this is one that is like functionally fine, but I wasn't crazy, crazy on it. You know, you know what I'm saying? But <laughs> <laughs> well, were you as crazy, crazy as this next performer? This next performer um, who asked the question, what if Frank Sidebottom was Australian American? It's Neil Hamburger in 2019. But I tell myself that I was doing all right. There's nothing left to do. hamburger oh yes this is another like comedy it doesn't all feel like comedy though but i think part of that his band is called like the too good for neil hamburger band or something like that okay so so it's all you know it's jokes it's the it's all jokes for, no, that is their name the too good for neil hamburger band i thought i was paraphrasing that's kind of funny um yeah. fictional stand-up comedian and singer created by australian american greg turkington who developed the character in the 1990s on like a prank call album Man, the 90s were weird. They're just fucking Comedy weird. albums? Like, totally missed comedy albums. Yeah, well, like, and you can still... Comedy albums still come out now. Yeah, they do. What, prank call albums? <laughs> <laughs> what, do you remember... Uh, what's that? Was it Wild Thing? Where it was like, this is a yeah. comedy album that is... But we're doing a cover, and it's as... Like, JF, like RFK, not even RFK, JFK. yeah, not even JFK. <laughs> Robert Kennedy and whoever his political yeah. opponent. And they had two other different versions. <laughs> like, we're just doing the accent of this particular politician, but we're going to do this song. It's like, okay. Was this a trend? This happened a lot? Uh, yeah, was this a lot? And, like, this is just one relic that we managed to find? <laughs> it was such a bizarre... Weird old comedy. Comedy uh, music ages so fucking strangely. Yeah, I, I, well, if it's referential, it's gonna not last. Like yeah. if you throw in anything political, mm-hmm. depending. It's... I mean, unless it's like war is bad. I'm like okay, that's usually pretty universal. But like, if yeah, you, if you get too specific, if yeah, if you're picking up B-list politicians to do, yeah. as soon <laughs> as you tracks, reference like, like mm. friends or something. You've labeled yourself. Yeah, you've you've put a timestamp on there. Um, so this is a uh, we encounter this a lot with comedy versions where I really like the music. Yeah, and then the vocals are like, well, okay, <laughs> I guess that's funny. Yeah, because it's kind of a cool arrangement. You get some piano, like really flowy piano. Yeah, and, like, you get big there's orchestration. Like there's like a choir. And even, I mean. I will invoke the name. It kind of at times made me think of Puddle's Pity Party. Yeah. Uh, but without the like nice low voice that he's got. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's another reason Puddle's pity party works for me is that his voice is actually like yeah the comedy is just like wait he's just as a clown why yeah it's like he's a sad clown who sings you're like well all right but okay. this is still my favorite version of Firework yeah. um what a what a guy what a guy um, um so like but, but this I mean it's pretty amusing as a performance too um he does a little more like even spoken at times but he gets the like go crazy 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 I'll go crazy on you and you yeah, too and, and like, you sounds like he's addressing an audience I don't know if this is a yeah, live version sounds like he's gonna fuck a lot of people <laughs> fuck everybody <laughs> that's the point of this cover but yeah, opens with big drama, right? We get this beautiful piano, yeah. and then the the orchestration comes in. Yeah, and, and then like it, choir. Yeah, like yes. breaks it all down to this acoustic guitar strumming. He comes in. And yeah, and then he's got his Frank Sidebottom ass yeah. vocals. <laughs> um, and then just yeah, that like low percussion on this like snare or like deep. I said not low because it's on snare. Yeah. Um, and like the big choir voice comes in, you got this like drum roll and like there's more piano and like the piano's quite nice. Playing the like ba 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 da 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 you know, chords. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, playing the little chords. Like and it's you almost pick up, a- there's like drums and strings come in and then now yeah. we're like switching up the ri- actually second verse is interesting. It feels a little more like old school R and B. Hmm. Let me get there. Um where's my timestamp? Like one forty five? Okay, you do get because it's crazy because the chorus is like fucking spaghetti western, <laughs> and, and then we move into yeah something quite different. Yeah, and then that's after that he starts to do the like screaming, he goes a bit crazy, and is like, you and you and you, you and you. Um, and then they do a like a guitar. I think it's just a guitar made to sound like a sitar. I don't sitar, think it's a yeah. Sitar, but it's like sitar style. It's like raga rock, you know. Yeah, and um, like I get the idea. He's like going crazy instrumentally he's pulling these these wild and weird weird ideas out there's this sitar with yeah, some so bop, bops in the back like it's so it does it does make some sense because it is like the 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 theatrical progression of like he's going crazier and crazier mm-hmm. and then after that point they bring in like all these sound effects there's like bombs and screams yes which is a little bit of the carnival stuff, i assume yeah circus yeah. carnival sounds and then you get the and then, like, more big strings come in, too, and you get the, like, yes. boop, 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 like, popcorn, popcorn synth. Yeah. You know? Boop, 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 and, like, more, like, wah, 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 like, wow, back. Wow, so there's wow. a lot of elements in this, is the point. It keeps changing um, and evolving, and it's amusing. It is amusing, I, I, I think. Yes. And when, when a lot of versions played it close, like he is still playing it close, but he just like he's going to bat with these instrumentals. He's just going to, like as hard as he can. And I yeah. it I really did enjoy it. It definitely feels like the purpose was let's just try to get crazier and crazier as we go. And like mm-hmm. that was how they approached it, because that's what they do. Um, and uh, a lot of the times when you sort of unmoor yourself from the seriousness you can set yourself up to make some interesting things because you're like, we don't need to follow the the um, formula. Yeah. We don't we need don't... to be beholden to any other thing. We just want to do some crazy stuff. 
Yeah, when start, you set up you start the goal to do some crazy stuff. Like, what's the weirdest thing we can do with this? Yeah. Or like, what what is not what people are going to do when they cover this? And so yeah. that can be very interesting. That can be very interesting. So this one's kind of interesting. Vocals are a little weird, but the whole thing's a little weird. The whole thing's yeah. So sometimes like the vocals still kind of work fine because he has this old fashioned vibe to it. So when it's like cinematic and like sounds like a western film, him talking and singing is like. That kind of lines up. <laughs> and I guess, like, part of me was thinking about this today, and it's like, I guess some people just, like, I think it is good that these kind of comedy acts exist, because I think young people need to know that you can carry out a bit of just having a dumb voice, and, and you can do a lot with that. <laughs> and just, like, commitment to something yeah. stupid is can be rewarding. And so while I'm not blown away by the... Uh, by the you know him having a silly voice it's like yeah it's fine that he has that yeah and it's cool cool that it exists yeah i uh i enjoyed it uh but it's time for us to get into our final verdicts alex we got three categories today the worst version the best version and the craziest crazy alex worst version of this what is it worst version um <sighs> probably hmm 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 probably Wednesday's child is a bit flat yeah um, I agree didn't really get into the like dancier stuff I didn't really like Diamante either although I, it's harder for me to articulate why um uh, Diamante so. I think is sort of just like it feels like a product more than than like a piece of art a little bit, yeah, because it's got that like really polished thing, mm-hmm. or or really compressed thing that sometimes is compressed the right. I don't know. It's it's a little compressed. It's a little like emotionally sanded off to me. It's when you listen to the original version, it's like the the instruments again. We're talking about this articulation approach here. Like I I feel the emotions. I I believe the performance. Whereas with this, I believe that Diamante thinks she is a good singer and thinks that she should be paid to sing. Like, I believe those factors come into it. <laughs> Which, yeah, maybe she is, maybe she does, but does that make for a good cover of Crazy on You? I don't think so. Yeah. Makes for a fine version of it. So, uh, really, I think, but I think still, yeah, worse than that is Wednesday's Child, who I just don't think hits any, uh, it's, it's too flat. It's the the vocals are a bit grating, unfortunately, and it's this doesn't support itself. So I agree. That's the worst version. But Alex, what is the best version? What is the best version? There were some cool versions, too. We had quite a quite a range here. Yeah, Um, man. And like part of me wants to give it to Blitz and Trapper. But the whole song's not there, man. It's not there, man. It's not the whole thing. But, like, it was cool. I would like to hear the rest of that. I would 100%. like to hear the rest of that one, too. Um, but I would also like to hear a better quality version of Picture Me Broken. And I think that's the one I like the most. Yeah, I wasn't expecting really to. solid. Man, I mean, I, I saw the picture and I was like, okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <laughs> okay, no, no, no. Fair enough. Um, yeah, that version's very good. Yeah, I think that's it, and I just wish there there was a better version. Um, yeah, I think I'll have to double down on that with you because I think it it hits all the highs. It's got its own very cool composition, and I like all of the elements in that consistently. Whereas something like 
Neil Hamburger, I like a lot of the elements most of the time. <laughs> right. And Blitz and Trapper, it's like there's not enough there. Disqualified. DQ on Blitz yeah. Trapper. Um, Alex, what's the craziest version of all? Um, okay, here's the one where they get the chance to go craziest. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably Neil Hamburger, right? Because he does right, the crazy yeah. thing. We discussed it. But I'm going to give it to the Love Mongers instead because that's their chance to do whatever they want. Ah, they didn't the go crazy. out, you know, they didn't go crazy out there, but like, this is their, like you said, victory lap. Um, and, and that's what they did with the song. And it was more simple. I didn't yeah. even love what they did with it, but it, it was their <laughs> chance to go crazy. Yeah. Um, and that is why I gave it this. Alex, award. that's a crazy pick. Because I'm going to go with the bland choice and say, yeah, Neil Hamburger, no. he, he crazy. Look, he I feel like it's funny. Things. The bland choice is the crazy one. And the yeah. crazy choice is the more bland one. Yeah, the more bland one. She does a good job singing, though. Oh, yeah. It's like the the vocals on that one alone were enough to like maybe make me pick it for best version if there weren't other strong contenders this week. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, no, Neil Hamburger, crazy stuff going on there. Uh, fun to listen to. And comedy music of yesteryear, and this one's 2019, so not even that yesteryear, yeah. but but a man who's been at it since the 1990s is like, what a strange thing, what a strange career to have in life. But that does it for our final verdicts. You got a similar opinion, different opinion, want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about, hit us up on Twitter, hashtag CoverMePod, at Jake DeCressy, at some Alex Wise guys, send us your comments, questions, concerns, suggestions for future episodes. You can also email us at CoverMePod at gmail.com. Talk to us there. Be sure to rate and review us. We're mostly on Spotify. We're fully on Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, your favorite podcasting app. Tell your friends, families, neighbors, loved ones about me, me, just me, (laughs) about Cover Me. And um, (laughs) what you can do, it's getting warmer out there. People are going to the beaches. You know what you love to do at the beach. You love to get a nice glass bottle. You like to get a piece of parchment. You like to send a, a message out to sea. So just write Cover Me Pod, and then maybe if you can get a URL written on down there, or if you're really keen, a QR code, so that if somebody finds it, they can scan it immediately. Whip that bitch into the ocean. Who's going to stop you? The cops? (laughs) I don't think so. (laughs) They don't have jurisdiction over the ocean. The ocean ocean belongs to the planet. Just chuck it far enough, and it's international waters. International waters, baby. They can't stop you. No um, And you won't be able to stop us from getting incredibly popular that way. And that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, every time I think about Cover Me, I want to cry. <laughs>